I hope you guys are super excited about today's interview. My girl Lila, she is a stand-up comedian. She is great. We met at VidCon, I think last year or maybe the year before that. So, you know, we've been cool ever since. And so I'm really, really excited to get her perspective of disability. So Lila, I hope you're ready. Hey. Hey. Oh my gosh, you are amazing. I'm loving your energy. It's so bubbly, it's the best. And you look gorgeous. Aw, thank you. You look amazing, girl. girl. I dressed up for your show. I was like, this is special, this yes! is an event, okay? I'm dressing up like yes! on stage, so I got ready for you. I got my Yes, I love that. Well, thank you, girl. Okay. Yes, come on with the L cup. You know, obviously, Lolo, Lila, like, it's all about the L. It is all about the L, okay? Because that is what matters, is the letter L. How are you, girl? How is I'm everything? Great. I just, you know, I have been loving your show, and I'm truly honored to be a guest. You've had some incredible people on here, and to be included in that is really a privilege. So thank you so much. I just want to say that first and foremost. Of course, absolutely, girl. You already know. Like, we've been kicking it cool since what last year at VidCon, or was that the year yeah. before? Yeah, I mean, we we saw each other at VidCon, and we were at every like party together. And girl, your style is amazing too. And then um, the last time I saw you actually was at uh, the disability fashion stylist Stephanie's event, and I got to see you yes. speak, and that was really awesome. Yes, yes. Well, thank you. You know, that was a really, really great event. And I was really happy to see you because it's always great to like continue to see familiar faces, especially within the disability community and, and in entertainment, you just want to make sure like your tribe is there and that it's represented. So it, it's always good, like continuing to, to see you at different places and all of that stuff. And the very special thing is girl, Technically, you are the season finale ah. of this first rollout, uh, no pun intended, uh, rollout of the new narrative. So I'm super excited that I get to talk to you and especially from your perspective. So for those who don't know who you are, um, please explain to us who you are, what you do, and what is your disability? Okay, well, my name is Lila Hart. I am a stand-up comedian here in Los Angeles, California. Um, I've been doing stand-up for about five years, and my disability is spina bifida myelomeningocele. I was born with spina okay. bifida and scoliosis. Um, I'm four foot six, so my spina bifida caused me to have stunted growth. So I, I say in my uh, stand-up bit that I'm as tall as an LA parking meter. That's exactly how tall I am, LA parking meter. Um, yeah, that's I, lit. I, <laughs> when I was born, my parents had no idea that I was gonna be born disabled. And um, mm -hmm. I'm the only person in my family with a disability. There's no history mm -hmm. of spina bifida in my family. And um, just to mm -hmm. put it in simple terms, I guess 
Spina bifida is like being born with a spinal cord injury. So when I was born, there's a hole in my back. I had to have emergency surgery. I lived the first three months of my life in the hospital. My parents weren't able to take me home right away. And yeah, it's just, uh, yeah. it's been a journey. <laughs> well, I could imagine, you know, I, that's the difference that I think, um, you know, between you and I is I acquired my disability more so you being born with it. So I know our experiences, I'm sure, are completely different just from that perspective alone. So what was it like actually growing up with a disability? And, and I ask that because also, I just got done reading Judy Human's book. She is the disability rights activist who essentially is the reason why we have the ADA law and so many rights for people with disabilities. And she was talking about her experience growing up, I think in the 60s and the 70s um, with the disability. And her experiences were so much different from mine um, acquiring a disability. And I know even when her and I spoke, she was curious about what life was like for me acquiring a disability versus being born with it. So I'm curious as to your experiences, kind of, especially like, you know, your growth was stunted. So was it like you were technically shorter before and then it stopped? Or were you always like that height past a certain age? Like, how did, like, what was all of that experience like? So um, what's kind of interesting about me being, I, I mean, I do consider myself a little person. You know, I went to LPA last mm -hmm. year, Little People of America, and basically I have a short torso. So when I had my um, major operations when I was younger, it stunted my torso. So I have regular, like my legs are super long. I've kind of built like a frog. That's what I would say. <laughs> but, um, so when I sit down, I'm a lot shorter. But when I stand up, I... Like if, if I'm with another little person, when they sit down and we're sitting down together, they could be taller than me. But when I stand up, I might be taller. And um, growing up with my disability, you know, I have to say, first of all, my mom's in, in here. So I just want to say hi to my mom. And I know your mom. Oh, I love too, that. My mom's so. in here too. Yay! Yeah, I love that. My mom is, uh, you know, my mom is from the Philippines. So I'm half Filipino. And, you know, when I was born, they me told too. my mom a lot of things that was going to be wrong with me. I'd never be able to walk, that I would have learning disabilities and not to expect very much from me. And my mom, you know, I um, I really owe a lot of what I can do to my parents being so mm -hmm. supportive and so encouraging to really push me um, to try my best not to see myself any differently, right? You know, because it's like when I grew up, I... Uh, I was smaller than all of my peers. And in the fifth grade, it were in the fourth grade is when it really kind of hit me. But wait a second, I'm not mm. getting any bigger because I noticed that the first graders at my elementary school were taller than me. And I'm like, I'm in the fourth grade. I need some goddamn respect in this school. What can I do to get some respect? So I decided to run for ASB president. So I ran for ASB oh. president when I was in the fourth grade. And my slogan was, um, I may be small, but I can make a big difference. And oh, I, I love that. So when I was uh, a president of my elementary school, you know, it was it was really cool because then I got to be on stage and, you know, I gave my first speech and uh, I really accredit, like I said, my um, my attitude to my parents. You know, I have this memory mm -hmm. of my dad. We're like we're like in a Walmart parking lot or something. And he had his hands like on my legs. And he was like praying over me, you know, like praying that mm. 
God would heal me or protect me or something. And it's like, I think about that a lot as I've gotten older and you know, my, I don't think that God makes mistakes. Right. And it wasn't until I became a stand-up comedian that I had a full circle moment. I was at the Hollywood improv and it all hit me. I was like, Oh, this was why, this is why I'm disabled. This is why I was born like this so that I can go on stage and I can talk about my experiences because it hasn't always been so lovely and great. You know, there's been a lot of hurts and pains, but to be here now at 28, I can honestly say that I am, I love my body and I'm grateful for my body. I love my chopstick legs. You know, when I was in Mm -hmm. high school, I never wore shorts. I mean, I always wore Mm -hmm. pants. It didn't matter how hot it was. I always wore pants, even in the summertime, because I was so insecure about how my legs looked, you know, and now Mm -hmm. I'm on stage prancing around with my legs and I'm, I'm just grateful to, um, have been able to come to this full circle and to have met so many other disabled men and women who are proud of who they are and going after their dreams. And like you said, changing the narrative. I, I love that. And, and I, I totally understand your emotions, especially when it comes to the support of our family, because again, like I was telling you on the phone the other day, like, there's a through I didn't want to tell you what the through line was because I just wanted to hear your story first is is that is the one of the most that is the through line beginning to end of every guest I've talked to is that every guest's parents and their family and their friends were immediately supportive. They didn't question it. They didn't give them a hard time about having a disability, whether they were born with a disability or they acquired their disability later. Parents stepped in immediately and was like, this is my kid. This is what they're gonna do. This is how they're gonna do it. Like, I don't give a fuck what no doctor says or anything like this is my child and we gonna make this work. And that I think is just so, amazing to hear like yet again somebody else's parents came through and i really really love to advocate for parents with children with disabilities because i do get a lot of those people following me because they have the questions and they're not sure and you know they they do have their insecurities not because they don't trust their child but they don't trust the world on how their child is going to be treated once it's time for them to become an adult or just explore the world on their own and so one i think that's amazing two i did not know that you were part Filipino because my grandma is 100% Filipino and my mom is half and half. She's she's half black and half Filipino. So I am like a huge chunk of Filipino too. Oh, yay. And oh, I love that. you're a cancer. Yes. You're I a cancer too. Hey. My birthday is July 9th. Oh, yeah. See, July babies, elements. We just out here, you know. Girl, we're out here killing it. Clearly clearly and i and i love you sharing your story and your experience so you know uh and the other part that struck me too about what you just said is the fact that you had a full circle moment of why you felt like god gave you a disability because i had that i literally just had this conversation last night because i had that same thing and i think even when i talked to angie angela rockwood she had that same moment of like this full circle of like, oh, this is why this happened to me because my purpose is X, Y, and Z. So I, I just love that 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 you had that 
in you to know and to recognize. So you having this full circle moment of realizing like your disability is like you having a disability is for mm -hmm. you to um, live your purpose through comedy. Why do you think comedy of all things? Like what was it about comedy that drew you to your purpose basically? So, um, so just to, I will say this, my parents laid down the foundation, right? Believe in yourself, go after mm -hmm. your dreams. And I uh, went to Washington State University. So I have a degree in broadcast productions with a minor in political science. And my dream was always to be a newscaster. So I would sit behind a news desk and I'd report the news. Because in my mind, I was like, well, if I'm sitting behind a news desk, no one's going to know that I'm four foot six. I don't look disabled right now. You know, so I, I always had that in my mind. That's what I was going to do. And I just wanted to be accepted so badly, right? When I was, uh, when I went to Washington State University, I tried to be in a sorority. And when you go into sororities, you do sorority rushings. And I didn't get accepted mm -hmm. into any of the houses. And my senior year, this drunk girl at a party, she came over to me and she was like, none of the houses wanted you because we didn't want to be known as a house with a crippled girl. You know, and that was so devastating to me being, you know, 21 years old and hearing this. And then I graduated from Washington State University. I moved out to California and, you know, I got my, what I was trying to apply for different jobs. Right. And I was facing um, a lot of discrimination in the workplace because I would have, you know, I'd have a great resume, but I walk in and they see my size and I wouldn't get the job. And back then I didn't have a word for it. I didn't know what ableism was. I didn't even know anybody else with spina bifida. In fact, I didn't meet anybody with spina bifida till I was 21. And yeah. when I finally started to meet other people with my disability, you know, and you're faced with reality and you see people that this is, this is what I look like. Cause in, in my mind, I could just fake, oh, I'm just like everybody else. I'm just like everybody else. But it wasn't until I decided to like, hey, I'm gonna accept me. You know, I had an epiphany in the shower. I was in the shower and I had this epiphany. I was like, you know what? No one's gonna hire me as the four foot six love interest on a soap opera. I get, when I go into auditions, they're not hiring me. They're not picking me. But if mm -hmm. I become a stand-up comedian, no one can stop me. If I can get on stage and I can tell my story and talk about these pains, these hurts, and I can find comedy in that, people will listen to me. So that first night, it was February 10th in 2016. And I, um, I went to an open mic and I got dressed up. Girl, I wore a gold dress. I put my hair up. I, yes. I, was like, I thought I was about to perform for you know, a huge room, but it was just a small open mic. And I went on stage and it, it, it felt so freeing. Here I am on stage mm -hmm. talking about things that used to hurt me, right? I'm talking about I'm telling the story and like the fact that I can sit here and talk to you about the girls in the sorority and not cry about it, you know, like that was a deep yeah. thing. And um, getting on stage for me, I feel like stand up comedy is the most difficult form of public speaking, right? It's like, it's the most hardest form because you're not only just telling a story, you're, you have to read the room with the audience, make people laugh. And it's, um, it's been such a gift. It's really been such a gift for me to uh, better understand myself right through comedy and then also share my story with other people to be like hey you know you can find yeah. you can find humor in this pain yeah absolutely and 
another common thread is my dad is a stand-up comedian so you know comedy i know girls i don't know maybe we're twins in some weird ass kind of way but you know the 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 thing that i know about comedy is that it's a very cutthroat world a very very cutthroat world especially for women who are comedians mm -hmm. and you know a lot of comedians get a lot of backlash for what they say because they find a way to make light of a joke of some stuff that's all the time really serious a lot of times comedians the reason why the best are the best is because they can take the shit that we're the most uncomfortable talking about or the most uncomfortable admitting that we're thinking too and make light of it in some kind of way or make it funny and you going through the things that you have gone through how did you get the courage to make light of that of the sorority girl situation and whatever other experiences you had like what gave you the courage to say like nah like I'm, I'm going to turn this into something funny. You know, I think I got to yeah. the point where I was just fed up. I was fed up of hiding. I was like, I just want to own it. I want to, I want to own my disability. I want to, I don't want to hide. And I, I, I am different. So I might as well just go up there and talk about it. Talk about my experiences. And doing that, it really freed me. Once I was on mm. stage and I was talking about this stuff that I was hiding so deep inside, it was like, I can do anything. I didn't do anything. I'm up here. I'm talking about it. And now all of these things that used to hurt me or make me feel bad about myself, it's like I've, I've come into my power. Mm, I love that. I love that because that's the same exact thing with my YouTube is, is that once I started sharing my story and who I was and what I liked doing and everything else, it was like, okay, well, can't nobody say shit to me no more you could think you could say something to me but you're not gonna get away with it for too long because i'm owning up to to what's happened so how does the crowd usually react when you're on stage and telling these stories is it you know how do they respond to it well i think when i first come on the stage it's a people are in shock you know because you don't really expect a four foot six tall woman to be coming on stage right and i walk a little walk with a bit of a gangster lean so you know i'm coming on the stage and i think the <laughs> nice thing about looking different and being different is that i've got the audience attention a big part of stand-up is to how are you gonna get the attention it's like okay that one's that one's good and then once i start talking and i can express myself and have this confidence people are there they want to hear it so it's it's been good you know but i've done i've done a lot of different rooms i've done a lot of different yeah. shows big ones small ones in the middle of nowhere mm -hmm. but the, the best thing is when uh, after a show if someone comes up to me and um you know they just tell me that you inspire me to just be myself and that you know that's i love really that I can do something like that. You know, it's it's really amazing that your life, if you can live your life and be a testament to others, I feel like that's truly a gift. Yeah, 100%. Because that's what life is about. It's like, ultimately, life is about being of service to others. And however you do that with whatever you do it by whatever means, you know, that's the part that that's really important. So, you know, getting getting into comedy and seeing the reactions and, and people responding to you positively. Um, how do you go about choosing 
what material you're going to talk about because you know i'm sure naturally people would assume that all the jokes would be about disability mm, but okay, yeah. you're also a woman you know what i mean you're also a woman you're also a woman of color so it's like what how do you choose of the tough topics to talk about or do you do a little bit of it all like how how do you maybe okay here's a better question how do you choose the the topic you want to talk about in a way that you want to influence a change to your audience if that makes sense oh no that that makes great sense you know i think when okay. i when i first started stand up and i first got into that you know like you said it's a cutthroat cutthroat scene and when i first got into the scene i think a lot of people just assumed that oh she's gonna be a gimmick she's just gonna tell a bunch of short jokes right as i started getting deeper into comedy right there's a bunch of different layers i mean i talk about my filipino mom there's a whole bunch of jokes just about my moms and you know of course being a woman but as i got more involved in the disabled community right my jokes started evolving and changing there are certain jokes that i did my first year of comedy that i don't really do anymore because I've, I've had to learn. I've had to educate myself about, okay, what it, what kind of message do I want to send as it can evolve in my comedy, right? And not just assume things about somebody just based on their appearance. So, so when I first go on stage, I do have to talk about you know, the elephant in the room. Why am I small? But once I build that rapport, I go into whatever I want to talk about. I love that. I love that. I love that. I love that. Um, so you said you you didn't come across other people with disabilities until you know your adult life which is very similar to me because it wasn't until i started my youtube channel where um i started coming across other people with disabilities so what was the things that you learned about other people with disabilities and how do you use what you're learning from other people's experiences in your own work you know i guess What's really interesting too is I I kind of had this assumption that everybody that was disabled was like me, you know that. Mm -hmm. But and I think that it's our it, it's um, because we don't see a lot of other disabled people in the media. We only have our own experience, right? And what I've come to realize is disabled or not, people are people. You know, people yes. are people. You got good people. You got bad people. It, it's disability is just. A part, it's just a part of somebody's life. But just because you're disabled does not make you totally virtuous or totally inspirational. And I think that was right. uh, something I had to learn too, you know? And uh, in my, um, as far as stand up, you know, it really helped me when I went to Little People of America in San Francisco mm. last year. And I got to meet other people who are the same size as me because, you know, mm -hmm. like there is that controversy of, whether or not do we use the M word? Am I allowed to say midget or not, right? Mm -hmm. Because in my, in my stand-up, I call myself the baddest midget bitch. That's just what I do. Yeah. I'm the baddest midget bitch. I'm a spina bifida baddie. That's what I do. And, you know, I was on an episode of Little Women LA when I was 24. Mm -hmm. I was so excited because the girls came to my stand-up comedy show and right before I go on stage, I was like, "Am I gonna? Am I gonna say that on stage? Am I gonna? Am I? Am I, say, am I gonna say Mija on stage?" And here's the rule: I feel like as a comedian, if you have a joke that you think that could offend people, you should be able to say that joke in a room full of people that it could be uh, that it could offend if it's a good joke, right? Like 
Mm. Like you're going to mm -hmm. say a joke, but you wouldn't say it. If you have a joke about people in a wheelchair, but you wouldn't say it with somebody in a wheelchair in that room, then it's not a good joke. Do you get what I'm, do you get what I'm saying? Mm. So, okay, I see that. So, you know, because there's, I think that's where the line is. Like, you know, comedians, you're allowed to talk about certain things depending on how it relates to your life, right? Like, I'm disabled, so I'm like, I could talk about disability. But if somebody else who doesn't have friends that are disabled, doesn't live a disabled life, is out here talking about disability, I might feel some type of way about that joke, you know? So right, right. I, did say, I, do, I do my jokes in front of the little women, mm -hmm. and, you know, we're mm -hmm. on the little women show. And uh, afterwards, yeah. the girls come up to me and they tell me that they didn't like my jokes and they didn't appreciate the M word. Mm. And this is on national television. And this is the first time I'm doing comedy in front of other little people, you know, and I cried. And it was, um, it was a very emotional time. And I, I gotta say, I'm truly grateful for that experience, number one, because we got to have this conversation on national television. And number two, you know, I got to explain to them that I'm not saying this joke because I'm making fun of you. I'm, say, I'm saying this joke because this is part of my story and this is helping me heal. Mm. And I can, mm. and since that, um, you know, I've definitely like, I've grown and I've, I've learned that I have a lot more little people friends. So it's like my jokes have grown and evolved and I don't present them the same way that I did when I was like the only little person in my life, right? So yeah, but I think yeah. that's like the, um, that's the growth that you have to experience as you acquire more knowledge. And I'm like, as I've acquired more right. knowledge and met other little people, it's like, oh, okay, this is how I can present the joke so that maybe somebody else that's little or has a disability, they can find humor in it too. And you know, right. we're, all this, we're all on this journey trying to figure it out. And I think when I first came on the scene, I was very raw, you know, I'm just like throwing all these things out and I'm just saying all this stuff. But I was, I was still figuring yeah. it out. I'm a different comedian than I was when I first started. Right. And, and that's good because it's all about the growth. And no matter what the work is, it's always all about the growth. So, again, you guys, leave questions because we're about to start the Q&A soon. A um, couple questions because I'm fascinated with I love comedy. Like I said, it's, it's literally in my blood. Um, but how do other comedians respond to you do they come to you asking whether or not a joke about disability is appropriate do you do you kind of play that role or how how do because uh, i think about <laughs> again because i'm ridiculous and i have a very weird sense of humor i think about the joke that jamie fox did on i might need security one of his early like film stand-ups where he talks about a joke where he had sex with a girl in a wheelchair <laughs> and it's literally like it's literally the most ridiculous shit, but it is so fucking funny. And in a weird way, and this is like prior to me even knowing that he had a sister who had a disability, but it was the way he told the joke that felt very empowering as a woman <laughs> in a wheelchair where he was just like, man, like he, these aren't the exact words, but he basically was like, man, her pussy's so good. You know, I started building ramps in my house. I lowered the cabinets. Like, you know what I mean? And so it felt like, it felt like, yo, like, he was fucking with somebody like me. Like, this is Jamie Foxx we're talking about. This is post-Ali. This is pre-Ray, post-Ali. But it was still like, oh, my gosh, he's talking about disability, but in a way that, that works and that just made me feel good and it even though he was like joking i don't even know if it's the truth or not but it was it was just that thing so how do you 
as a person with a disability who's a comedian and especially with comedians having that almost that privilege of fearlessness speech how do you talk to other comedians about it or do they come to you what is kind of your interaction with other comedians well you know what it's there's definitely i love that you brought up their joke there's definitely an art to it right because the, in that yeah. joke, he's uplifting the the late the woman that's in the wheelchair. Like she's a bad bitch, and I want to fuck her in. You know, so it's it, there's an art to do it where you're making fun of uh, a situation, but in a, in almost like in a beautiful way, right? And yeah, for my, for myself with my comedian friends, a lot of times, what what I love about social media and what I love about um, comedy in general, I, I have a show. I, I I used to have a show last year called Small Talk with Lila Hart. And I, I mm -hmm. was hosting it. It was like a Johnny Carson, Chelsea Handler type of show where I'd have comedians come perform on stage and have a musical act. But in the beginning of the show, every show, I would call, I'd have the small talk panel. And my friend Drew Presta was um, a guest on the show. And I would have different disabled people come. And we just have a discussion about disability for about five minutes. So what was really cool in the comedy community, I introduced a lot of disabled people to meet comedians mm -hmm. and so like even some of my mm -hmm. friends i'm one of, i'm like their first disabled friend right and then i also happen to mm -hmm. be a comedian and so it's got they've had to think about things that they never thought about before like i had um yeah i had a new year's eve party here and i invited all you know all my comedian friends and i invited my friend Bernard, and he's three foot tall you know so he came through yeah and all my comedian friends they saw him they're just like oh what's up and my my one friend he came up to me afterwards he was like you know what lila it's so cool being friends with you and i meet all other like people with all different sizes and it doesn't even i don't even think about it anymore i just see them if people as people so I think that's what has been really cool, you know, my show Small Talk, but also just, like you said, when you meet, when you actually meet somebody in a wheelchair, when you actually meet somebody with, who has a disability, it's going to make the way you write your jokes differently, right? Like when I went mm. to Little People of America and I met people who I, I'm like looking at eye level with me, it just makes me think about my jokes differently. And like I said before, like, yeah, you know, I didn't even know the term about ableism till about five years ago. I didn't even know that was right. Uh, that's what some of the stuff that I was experiencing, right. And so right. on stage, it's like, I got to think about how I'm re representing myself, but also how am I representing, you know, another group of people that look to me, you know what I mean? Yeah, 100%, 100%. And, and I absolutely love that. So as I ask my last question, you guys, we are about to get into the Q&A. So please leave your questions where that little icon is with the question mark on it. Leave your questions for Lila or myself, and we will definitely get to them. So uh, again, I feel like I can talk to you for hours about this stuff, again, because I am such a huge fan of comedy. And, you know, I've even had one of my homeboys he in a very weird way he's like predicted everything that i've gone through he was just like oh yeah you're about to be an actress and you're about to do this and you're about to do that and so like literally like probably a couple months ago we were talking and he was just like yo you need to do stand-up comedy i was like nope not gonna <laughs> do it i don't want no parts of it i'm terrified i don't want he was just like no like you would i was like nope not gonna do it not gonna do it so for me I like comedy is a thing like like I said it's innately in me so I like I said we could 
we could talk forever about this stuff. Girl, you have. I just love it. I fucking love comedy. You have that personality. Even when I was, when we first logged on here and I was, you were like, oh, I was like, you have that. I could tell it is in you. Oh, uh, thank you, girl. Well, here's the thing. So last question, like I asked all of my guests before getting into the Q&A, what do you want the new narrative to be about people with disabilities and technically little people? Your uniqueness is your power and the world evolving and changing. Like the fact that I could be on IG live with you right next with other disabled people is so beautiful and amazing. Like I would have loved to have this 10 years ago. So I just feel like if you are someone who's out there, go after it. Like the resources are out there. The DM people, you can talk to people. Yes, I would 100% uh, agree with me? that. Where can we see Lila's show? Uh, you guys can find my show on lilahart.com. I have, I have my small talk with Lila Hart on there and then my comedy cupcake show, which is a podcast I do with my boyfriend. Oh, I love that. Speaking of boyfriend, we did get a question about dating. Um, okay, let's tackle this question, but someone actually asked another really great one, so I want you to answer that one next too. So I would like, it says, hello, I'd like to know how to deal with loneliness as a single person with a disability. You know, when, before my boyfriends, I, I bet, you know, Getting into comedy, number one, was really helpful for me because I found my heart. And you know what they say, when you really learn to love yourself, that's when you find your match. And for me, mm -hmm. I haven't drank in years. And when I really started treating my body with love and respect, that's when, my, that's when God was like, okay, here you go. Here's your partner. So I truly believe that. Yes! Yes! Snaps in a circle. Snaps in a circle. I would definitely agree with that. Um, we're going to get this last question in because I thought this was a great question. Do you still get stage fright? I'm nervous just imagining. You know, um, I get a lot. I get excitement. And like I said, I don't, mm -hmm. I don't drink. I don't smoke. I, I just quit coffee seven days ago. So I, my drug is being on stage. Like that is my drug. Like there is no better high in the world than when I'm with that microphone and when I'm truly connecting with the audience. It's the weirdest, it's the weirdest phenomenon. So it's like, do I, I don't really get nervous. I get excited, but of course there's a little bit of those butterflies on stage, but the more people in the crowd, the better, which is so funny, <laughs> but I'll perform in front of five. I people love five that. Minutes. I think my wife. I love that. I. I just want to say, okay, I would, I would love it to when the you know when COVID and Corona is uh you know died down. I'd love to meet with you and uh, make a video with you. I really am talking to you. Yes. This has been amazing, despite the uh, the technical difficulties. Okay, we both still looking great, yes. and I'm really grateful to have uh, have this with you. Yes. Well, thank girl. You already know. Just let me know. Like you said, what's we got to clear all this shit up on the outside world. But yes, absolutely. I'm 100% totally down for that. You already know how to reach me. So yeah, we'll, we'll definitely make that happen. And even if we have to find a COVID safe way to do it, just let me know. I'm totally down. But thank you so much because I don't want Instagram to kick us off early. So thank you so much again, love. 
for joining me. This was such an amazing conversation. And for everyone, if you want to watch the whole interview, you can watch it on my IGTV. Please follow Lila. She's amazing. She's great, as you guys can already tell. Um, so make sure you follow her. Make sure you watch the entire interview on my IGTV. I hope you all have a great rest of the week. Thank you so much. Bye. Thank you, boo. If I was going to let this be the season finale interview, I'm glad it was with my girl, Lila. She has one of the brightest spirits I met and you can feel that through this conversation. Navigating the stand-up comedy world with a disability is incredibly brave, but Lila is doing it. A true definition of, if she can do it, you can too. Thank you, Lila, for being my season finale guest. Please follow her at Love Lila Hart. And come back soon to learn more about the successes of disability lifestyle with the new batch of incredible guests. This is the new narrative. This podcast is brought to you by Entertainment Speakers Bureau in association with Sitting Pretty Productions and Tasty Shop Media with production sound design by Bonnie and Clyde Productions.